This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the king of rows. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Was the Boneyard match actually good? I am Luke Owen. This is Adam the Blomp PA, and Hello. welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast review of WrestleMania 36 night uno so uh right let's talk about um i would argue the biggest talking point of this show which remarkably is not braun Strowman as the new universal champion which remarkably is not becky lynch beat Shayna baszler no it is was the bono bona yard <laughs> match <laughs> yeah already you're already called it the bona match fantastic was the bona yard match actually a good was it good Yes. Um, <laughs> although it does raise a very important kind of canon law issue, which is that they killed Carl Anderson. <laughs> like he was up on that road. He was he's still there. He was he was knocked out with the tombstone. I mean, you saw the mercy shot. Well, I mean, Gallows got thrown off. We didn't see mm. the mercy shot of Ga- of Anderson leaving the Carl Anderson is dead. It was officially. AJ, AJ got buried and his hand was sticking out the ground like the evil dead. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming Gallows will kind of like just dig him up. But but, but Anderson died. The charred remains of Anderson are up on top of that barn to this poor, day. His poor hot Asian widow. Um, <laughs> I I legitimately really liked it. And I can't, I, I honestly can't tell if it was because I was five cans deep or it was 3 a.m., but I had such a good time. Genuinely, it's the first time that Undertaker's seemed cool in about five years. Yeah, and it's funny because Ollie and I have talked about how the Undertaker has felt quite lame at times in the lead up to this. Mm. Um, because they've done so much, like it's felt like it's a feud between AJ and Michelle McCool that the Undertaker is sort of accidentally a part of. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the promo he cut on the raw leading into this was so, so good. Like it was 
just an incredible promo. Yeah. And then this match, and it was funny, like, I think during the live reactions and the In Case You Missed It video that I did, people are under the impression that I did not like this. Oh, really? Because I, well, because I called it goofy and it was hokey and it was very silly. And I laughed a lot. I laughed uproariously at certain moments, particularly mm. when The Undertaker like got stabbed in the arm and just went, son of a bitch. <laughs> so great. And when, and when the Dark Order attacked him and... You know, and then like the 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 barn exploding and t- take a teleporting behind AJ Styles. He, like I lo- I love gen- a lot. <laughs> I know, like I, I for me, like I I I think I knew I was in for a good time when Undertaker turned up to the kind of royalty free music that they play over softcore porn scenes, just like the sort of generic kind of sm- slightly too smooth rock. Uh, hey, and I was just Metallica. like, was it? Yeah, it was, was actually it was a Metallica song. It was probably really expensive. <laughs> well, okay, that's me exposing my lack of Metallica knowledge. Then <laughs> I just, I just thought it sounded like like softcore sex music. Is is all of Metallica's music like that? I mean, I don't think James Hetfield would say that it is. <laughs> From now on, that's what I'll ever describe it as. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Royalty free. The opposite, in fact. On the yeah. contrary. Uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Well, he sounded very silly uh, approaching to to Talik, Talika. Yeah. Um uh no, I I yeah, I thought it was I thought it was brilliant. Who were those who were those druids? Did they get those through Fiverr? Well, I guess so. I got I called them uh, like cuz Gal and Gal Gallows and Anderson are AJ Styles goons. So right. those druids were Gallows and Anderson's goons. So they're oh, like the God. goons. It's like a pyramid scheme. They're just kind of duplicate. <laughs> like you get more, you need more and more goons. Those guys each have to hire like twenty goons each. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think people were under the impression that I didn't like it, but actually, I did. I did enjoy it. I got a big kick out of it because I enjoyed how sort of silly it was. Mm. I don't think I could make the argument that it was epic. And like, you know, WWE.com described it as like a, how- a harrowing experience. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't call it that. There's no train to Busan. Like there was, this wasn't like an actual movie, but it was a very goofy, silly movie. Yeah. And I thoroughly enjoyed it for that reason. It wasn't like um, the match that New Day had with uh, the Wyatt family, where they were just like, we're actually trying to make a pretty serious horror movie actually so like could you just jang- jangle the camera a little bit more because like that's that's real primal terror like they you know there, there was a big under- undertaker must have rigged up his own logo on that <laughs> barn he must have arrived earlier in the day maybe michelle helped him with it but Once they I win this match, I want my logo projected <laughs> up on top of that barn do you remember my logo now like <laughs> he Maybe it's because it's been so long, but yeah, like Undertaker, yeah, he's he's just he's sat, he even talks cool. And I know the American badass promos were always a little bit kind of like, oh, like a little bit too close to the Fred Durst kind of just like this is a bit, oh. um, but like I don't know, he sounded cool. I like um, yeah, holding AJ by the throat while AJ was plaintively asking him, please don't bury me, bury me. <laughs> please don't bury me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i um I, yeah i liked it um yeah because I, I, I got a big kick out of it it felt it felt like they knew it was they felt like they knew it was silly you know there was yeah. just too, there were too many purposefully silly elements i don't think they like you know the the light appearing behind the 
the digger with uh, Undertaker there. Like all this stuff kind of raises too many continuity questions. It's it, you know it's it, it's Acme logic. It comes out of Hammer Space. Uh, yeah, I, I I thought it was great. I really, <laughs> gosh, they really like the word bitch in modern WWE. <laughs> don't they? It's it's the swear word they can say, and they, it still gets a reaction. You broken down old bitch. Me and Laurie uh, kept saying, because have you ever seen that Key and Peele uh, sketch? Where, I said, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Every time when someone said it, me and Laurie would go, I said. <laughs> That's uh, great. But yeah, so, the, so the match starts as you said. Taker arrives to his softcore porn music. I, um, I, 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 that's great. That's that's going to be my my legacy for this channel forever. Now, I haven't you heard Metallica. Metallica. <laughs> Royalty free Metallica music. Napster would disagree. Oh no! I'm so, oh no. <laughs> and uh, so he arrives to to that, and it's it's funny as well because like Ollie in his review said that this was so sort of like out of continuity of the rest of WrestleMania. And it felt like, you know, the Undertaker cinematic universe that AJ lost nothing by him being completely destroyed in this match. Cause I would argue that AJ was made to look like quite the chump in this match hmm. because he was beaten up forever. Undertaker also then beat up his goons and then beat up his goons goons, then beat up AJ some more, then beat up his goons some more. And AJ really only got one bit of offense in. He killed his friend. And exactly. And the Undertaker teleported out of that. So this made the Undertaker look awesome. Like he looked like the most unstoppable badass in the world. And AJ, you know, who is going to be around next week, looked like a bit of a chump. I mean, uh, yeah, like, I feel like Undertaker knew because he made a point of being like, yeah, you've given me a hell of a fight, AJ. No, no one's tested me like you have. (laughs) I mean, people have beaten me at Mania twice, but really, AJ, you, you gave, you hit me in the back with a shovel uh, after a distraction. (laughs) Yeah, you called me a broken down old bitch. No one's ever called me that. I have to respect it. Anyway, I'm going to murder you now. Um, so, yeah, there's, a, there's also the other topic from this. Sorry, Garner, I was going. I cut you off there. Well, it's just like, yeah, I, it, I, it, I find it really difficult to actually complain about it because it, yeah, it does feel for all for all the kind of we joke about. Oh no, they killed Kyle Anderson. This feels like the most Elseworlds match they've ever. Yeah. It feels like a yeah, just like oh, you know, it, a what if random story, which I think is actually. Yeah, probably the best place for Undertaker right now. Set him up with a random dream match once a year, which you can shoot in a boneyard or like just make it, give it like a, every year, just like add more lore to it, like the Matt Hardy universe. Um, yeah, I think it's hilarious. Well, like Vince McMahon looks at Broken Matt Hardy, he's like, I don't get it. But when the Undertaker does, it's like, oh, I get it now, <laughs> right? Because yeah. you're the Undertaker and you make us <laughs> so much money. But you're absolutely right. Like you, because Taker can't really go anymore. You know, he he is he's very very broken down. There's actually there's a new documentary series, like a limited series they're doing on the network that they advertised on WrestleMania, oh. and it is like this like look at his whole career and stuff. It looks awesome. Looks really really cool. But you know, one of the big points of that is that he's had so much hip surgery or so many hip surgeries. He's had so many surgeries over the years that he does struggle to walk. And, you know, he is not the sprightly young man that he once was because it's 2020 and it's not 1995 anymore. However, 
this when I was watching this, I never thought, man, take his break. He's a broken down old bitch. I never thought that at any point during this match because he just looked cool. Yeah. So they've almost stumbled upon by accident the secret formula to doing Undertaker matches for the next 10 years. <laughs> Cole, let him go. <laughs> let him go. Um, I think, yeah, I, I completely and utterly agree. I mean, it's, it's the old wrestling maxim, isn't it? Like, who is it? Paul Heyman? Or, I mean, I'm pretty sure every promoter says that you uh, accent your positives and hide your negatives. The positives is that Undertaker, when he's talking as a pissed off uh but at Texan, can, he's still really charismatic. He still cuts a great silhouette. He's got an amazing. He's got. He's still got a good move set. All you have to, you know, he just can't go live. So just yeah. edit around him, and people. And as long as you put enough creativity and like uh, softcore porn music in, like <laughs> the fans will, the fans will be there. If the fans you porn it, they will come. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, graveyard of dreams. <laughs> Um, Mick Foley put up on a five-second clip of himself on Twitter uh, after the match saying, like, WWE, Vince McMahon, can I be in next year's Boneyard match? <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's, it's, that's yeah. a way you can have the three faces of Foley all come out because you can edit around all of this. Oh, my God. The Boneyard Cinematic Universe. The BCU. <laughs> I need it. I want it. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. It's going to be a... I was already really looking forward to the Cena Wyatt match tonight anyway. Because I think mm -hmm. it's going to be like with like Fiend apparently is taking a big sort of like creative direction on a lot of this. And Cena has like been really praising him for his sort of like creative vision on it. So I'm super looking forward to what they produce. But actually, this Boneyard match made me even more excited for it. Um and I and I'm one of the few people as well that like the House of Horrors match with um Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton because it had a tractor that drove itself and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> like everyone hated the House of Horrors match. I mean, not I mean, obviously not everyone, um, but like you, you get very aware of what consensus is uh mm -hmm. with wrestling. You um one of the kind of the bits of the bits of the uh, kind of comment wrestling commentary stuff that I, I gets on my nerves occasionally is sometimes you can get it wrong um, mm. because everyone seems to decide on mass about a certain thing. What is it that separates bone the boneyard match from the house of horrors match? Cause both were dumb, like, you yeah. know, dr self-driving tractor, but everyone hated the house of horrors match. Whereas everyone seemingly everyone really likes the boneyard match. What what's up with that? I don't know. It was quite, quite split in the live chat when me and Laurie were doing the live reactions. There were some people who thought it was quite lame and it was quite dumb, but there were the other side of it that thought it was the best thing ever. And I think that the, the pendulum has swung more the other way to it being the best thing ever, sort of like with some, you know, some hindsight behind us so we can kind of look back on it. But it is weird. And it's funny as well. A lot of people pointing this out in the comments as well, that one of the things that Ollie and I really didn't like from AEW from the last couple of weeks was Matt Hardy, was Matt Hardy teleporting around the arena which we thought was super dumb and hokey and it really undermined the segment. But yet I didn't like that, but I was completely fine with The Undertaker teleporting behind AJ Styles and thought it was hilarious and and very, very silly and, and wonderfully dumb. And I guess it's because WWE is one, The Undertaker is this sort of cartoon character that it's fine for him to teleport. He's been teleporting for the last 30 years. Uh, it's, so, it's, so, yeah, it's, a, it's a weird kind of, it's a weird line to cross. Like, what can you not get away with life? Uh, mm. um, I guess there's just something about it being, you, it being right there in the building. Like, Undertaker 
a lightning bolt hitting a rocking chair and the rocking chair going up in flames looks a bit crap when it's in the actual ring. But, <laughs> you know, we've done with actual kind of like special effects and camera shots. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess um, WWE are making movies. They're making movies. And, you know, turns out when they, they really, really try, they can make a pretty. No, exactly. They can, they can make a pretty good movie. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, did, did you see the uh, the trailer that they also the WWE Netflix movie that's out on Friday? I think it's called The Main Event. Uh, features is that the one Keith with Lee like it? the this a kid right with a magical mask? It's all very goosebumps. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably why I'd really uh, appeal to me. And I was like, that looks like the greatest film ever. Let's definitely do a watch along of that. Um, <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's get into some of your thoughts on the match. Jobber JJ has been in touch to say, I loved the Boneyard so much. Sega should do these kinds of matches from now on for WrestleMania. How much damage has WWE done to the Universal Championship? Um, well, we'll get onto the, yeah, we'll get onto the, the Braun Strowman bit, uh, the Braun Strowman stuff in a bit. Um, but it's an interesting thing to dive into but we'll get to that shortly mark flay uh i think becky winning was a mistake and i'm a becky fan oh yeah congratulations on that prediction by the way hey you're very welcome well congratulations you. to you on your broad one. Oh, thank you very much look <laughs> at us with our with our silly guesses that turned out to be silly true <laughs> uh axe adapter said today's my 19th birthday spending it with a lovely time with the boys for night two support wrestle talk been subscribed since wrestlemania 33 thank hey. you very much axe adapter that's amazing thank you so much 
That was my first mania on this channel, I think. Uh, Jake Zimmers, if WWE counts the Boneyard match as one of two main events, and you know they will, then I'm like 83% sure that Undertaker became the first person to main events uh, a WrestleMania in four different decades. Oh, wow. So, okay, so we definitely main evented in the 90s. Yeah, he main evented what, Mania uh, eight, 8, no, not 11, 13. 13, 13, 13. Okay, so we did that one. He had one in the 2000s. He had the Edge match, mm -hmm. which I think was like 2008. Yeah, 2008. Then he, uh, and he had the Batista one. Oh, the Batista one as well was the main event, I Oh, think. yeah, of course. Uh, and then during the 2010s, he had the, uh, the Roman Reigns match. And yeah. here we are in the 2020s. Oh, he's headlined he... again. That's an amazing stat. Oh, I love wow. that. That's great. Well, thank you very much for dialing that, Jake. That was great, great bit of fun knowledge. It's incredible for a man with high-waisted trousers who can't walk. <laughs> it's really good going. It would is very the, would impressive. The, would that we all were, got that deep into our careers. <laughs> I will say, though, a lot of people, because um, I kind of said that I didn't feel the American badass was returning, and a lot of people said that I have been wrong, but I'm going to say that I'm still right, because if I don't hear Kid Rock or Limp Bizkit, that is not the American badass. <laughs> Uh, they couldn't get the rights to it <laughs> they, they were too expensive <laughs> they had to go on the cheap you had to get something from epidemic sound uh nate drop surname said i really disagree with you guys about the taker match didn't enjoy the silliness at all uh worries me for the firefly funhouse match that they will have cartoon sound effects well i 100 think there will be like cartoon sound effects i described it as and this might be slightly too deep cut of a reference but the, the Twilight Zone movie in the 1980s, Joe Dante's take on uh, It's a Good Life is sort of set in this, like a, a kid who can imagine anything and make it real has created this very, this cartoon world. Recommend people go and watch it out because that is what I think the Five Fly Funhouse match is going to look like tonight. A living cartoon. I really hope it starts like very cartoony and like it starts with uh, Bray Wyatt and then it sort of sort of like it sort of like melts away like a dream. Like it just kind of yes. peels away into an actual hellscape. Like that would be 100%. so, so cool. Like, yeah, I, after after the Boneyard match, I'm I'm genuinely super hyped for the Firefly Funhouse match, which I wasn't expecting to be. Me too. A couple more. We've got Dylan from Cork who said, loved every minute of the Boneyard match. Wacky as hell, but it was performed brilliantly. And Alistair Gammon said, here's my super chat, bitch. Nice. Well played, sir. <laughs> Pops it, everyone. Yes. Right, well, let's go through the show uh, as a whole. The uh, the pre-show was a lot of chatting, uh, but we did get a very fun sort of three-minute match between Drew Gulak and uh, Cesaro, which Cesaro won with the no-hands airplane spin. Very much enjoyed it for the sort of three minutes that it went. Yeah, like, I guess I, I, I do think... If you're going to play the... Didn't they, they played the Kevin Owens-Seth Rollins package twice, and it's just mm. like... like I get it. I get what you're doing, but like, if you've got a spare five minutes, what? what who does it hurt <laughs> to give them a little, just a tiny bit longer? Uh, Drew Gulak is supposed to be kind of like Daniel Bryan's sensei, right? He's supposed yeah. to be a little bit better. I mean, I, I, he he did some he did some good stuff. Like, I thought the chain wrestling was, was good. 
Uh, I think it is difficult to lose to a look mum, no hands and come out looking, looking as strong. But I, I yeah, I think I, I, I worry that I am a little detached from this mania to be just like, there was stuff they really disagreed with. And we'll get to that. I'm sure later on, probably mm. in three matches time. Um, but uh, it, I find it very difficult to kind of care too much about stuff like, burials and momentum because they like it's this wrestling's broken right now and eventually <laughs> yeah. when rest when they let the crowds back into the arenas for the first time for the first show everyone's going to be over so like yeah I, I i get yeah don't screw around with people's characters too much but like i don't think you should assign too much weight to what happens in these weird ghost shows because yeah which is not to say that i think like you shouldn't give really talented workers more time because you know the, if they're going to put them in the building if they're going to take the risk by having them in the building they might as well do their best job right mm, so I guess yeah that's a legit complaint a bit of a gripe about this mania is they felt it felt really rushed in some places and they were just like i'll oh, just do it just get it out you don't need 15 minutes do it in seven come on we all want to go home um but <laughs> yeah like during the airplane spin no just like I, I'm a rambler, uh, so do feel free to just just stop me when I peter <laughs> off because I will just stop talking and like my sentences will just go off a cliff. So you you jump right on in, Luke. Peter off, he's a nice fella. Um, we also in this got a promo for uh, Gears of War because Dave Batista's in Gears of War and he has got a new mode where you can Batista bomb people and blow them up, explode <laughs> into chunks. That was very dumb. I loved it. Um, and also, because now that we're doing more of these cinematic things, we can get Batista back and he can blow some people up by Batista bombing them. Exactly. He makes movies as well. Uh, he does. God, I haven't played Gears of War in a while. I didn't I didn't replace my, my Xbox when it died, so I didn't get the Xbox One. So uh, is, is Gears of War good? Oh, I mean, you're asking the wrong person. I haven't played one since the first one at university. So, oh, yeah, I, I I don't know, unfortunately. Uh, is he, like, just... actually in the game, or is it just, like, a multiplayer thing? Oh, you've asked me a question I don't know the answer to, okay. Adam. And now, now I look like your Metallica knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> we can't can't believe you don't know about Gears of War 5. <laughs> We got Sony my man opening the show to kind of explain the situation, and uh, yeah, I, I'm going to agree with Ollie on this one. It did make me feel oddly proud as a wrestling fan that this was still happening. It, was, it lifted, it gave me a sense of sort of silly pride. Yeah, it, it really fluctuates with me between like, oh, WWE, you're awfully proud of all these risks you're taking. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe you, you don't have to do this, uh, but like, I also WWE's kind of show must go on can do almost kind of psychotic attitude towards making sure the show goes ahead it is kind of admirable in its own mm. way um i'm surprised it was steph i really thought it would be vince hmm. no yeah i thought it was a, it was a smart move to have it be steph but yeah I, I see what you're saying and then we had a uh the opening video package for this which was this they had this sort of like you know seven seas sort of pirates of the caribbean style you know everyone was a pirate um seth curb stomped a giant crab um drew claymore to kraken um but it also was like a meta video as well in which you had someone who was sort of like rewinding it and recutting it to point out that it was quite silly yeah like i think i thought that was a bit 
crap i just because i mean like if you've got to call out what a terrible johnny depp impersonator you are then maybe like okay yeah you are and yet here you here you still go talking away uh but i yeah it was fine it was very much wwe comedy which uh like when they do goofy stuff i i think they're better at it but when they actually write jokes like write write a joke down on paper and ask someone to say it tends to be a bit rubbish i do i do like they gave kofi a shine moment though as a way of saying sorry sorry mate sorry Uh, speaking of being sorry, the Gronk was doing intros, uh, and he was wonderfully obnoxious. I say wonderfully, I really uh, he sort of threatened us with never-ending parties, and Laurie perfectly described him as Stifler. He is, but he's Stifler in 1999 when people thought that he was the funny character whereas now in 2020 we realize he's the tragically unlikable character mm, he's a sad man uh, i got immediate yeah. uh, jake peralta before he'd grown up by <laughs> yeah. just like yeah, imagine him saying likeable. moist yeah a lot like yeah, yeah so without an amy in his life or a, or a halt just someone who's yeah. just been left to drift um, from party to party God. And uh, Mojo Rawley is definitely Charles, just constantly walking around being like, yeah, you're the coolest. <laughs> I got his matching hats. Yeah, yeah, your best friend won. I, oh God, I don't know. Like, oh, it's the Gronk, isn't it? What do you say? Yeah. What, do you, what, can, what can you say about the Gronk? What does he will be? He will be 24-7 champion by the time this night, uh, by the time night two is over, he will be 24-7 champion. He would have done it at least once. Yeah. Do you think yeah, it's going to go? It's going to go back to him, and then Ashley is going to take it back. Yeah, probably. I think so. Uh, we then had our opening contest, which was Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus the Kabuki, uh, Kabuki Warriors. Rather decent match. This uh, got a lot of time given to it. Uh, the titles mean absolutely nothing, uh, but they've tried to make this feud to feel as important as possible. But I thought it was a decent match, and in the end, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross uh, got the win and they switched the titles. I know. I like and the thing is like they normally you normally get the big the big crazy expensive entrance if you're losing. Kabuki like she's a pirate. <laughs> she's a pirate. I, I she just came out dressed like she normally does for pay-per-views, which is fine like she looked amazing cuz the sky pirate gimmick is fantastic, but just like you know, you can get Shotzi Blackheart a little plastic tank. Get her a pirate ship. <laughs> She's a pirate. It's Pirate Mania. It's the only one you're going to do. Yeah, it's a first match on Pirate Mania, and it's, it's possibly going to be a last. Probably going to be a last. So yeah. because the the report is, you know, her contract is up this year. Stardom, Stardom yeah, so interested. Like Bushi Road, uh, to kind of like rebuild the Stardom brand, want to bring back Kyrie Sane, and next year when Io Shirai's contract expires, Io Shirai, they want to bring both of those back into the fold. So. Yeah, um, maybe we won't. Maybe that's why they dropped the belts is because Kyrie's on her way out. They yeah, want to maybe. move Basker back into singles competition. Although uh, with that, then I don't know where you go with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross because there are no other women for them to feud with. There are no other tag teams. Iconics, I guess, when they come out of the weird, you know, kind of dark room that Alistair Black was locked in. <laughs> um we then got what i would say is quite comfortably the worst match on this show which was elias versus king corbin uh corbin didn't think elias was going to be there and elias was there they had a standard tv match and it was so long 
and the kind of the finish that i quite like the finish was that corbin got caught cheating and then elias cheated to win yeah um so i thought that was quite that was quite fun but the match itself was so boring <sighs> what yeah what do you say about it like it's the moves baron baron shouted a lot which he didn't he have to a, a grunty old man yeah like i get it it, it, it every everyone gets a payday right yeah, and I like both guys, but the, this match didn't work for me. I just thought it was quite, quite tedious, and it just went seemed to go forever as well. And it, it didn't feel like WrestleMania. It's like, like I think my biggest takeaway from it is this match did not feel like it belonged on a WrestleMania card. Yeah, well, this one I, as well, I think served to really damage the show as well. Like, because this one really made you feel how empty it was. Because yeah. I think one of the one of the nice things about uh, the Kabuki Warriors matches, yeah, they gave it time. So it felt like so you could all like with enough like bells and whistles or just good enough wrestling or with Asuka shouting enough, um, like sh you can just let yourself be taken away a little bit and just yeah. be like, oh, this is wrestling. I'm watching wrestling. But just um, with, a, with a match with that, those few stakes, um, that kind of over and done with, with Corbin weirdly working the announcers instead of the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Do you like this, Michael? Michael, do you like this? <laughs> Come on, Michael. One, two, <laughs> three. Michael Thor. Um, I, yeah, it, it really, it really highlighted how broken the show was, and I think it was a real blunder to put it on to be yeah, honest I, uh, I like give you can just give them a wrestlemania payday without having they um, having to work, wrestle right well they're independent contractors adam you got to work for that paycheck just ask uh, braun Strowman. <laughs> how dare you be poor <laughs> um all right up next poor old Shayna baszler took on becky lynch so this was uh thought to be Shayna's big crowning moment to to win the raw women's championship she came in you know she was of survivor series uh beating both becky and bailey in their triple threat main event she was then made to look really strong during the royal rumble in fact she was going to win the royal rumble up until two weeks before the match happened she was then put over super strong in the elimination chamber like you know she was the first person to eliminate everyone and win and then she got here and becky rolled her up and pinned her and it was a good match. It was easily Shayna's best match on the main roster. I think she's had some really good matches down in NXT. And this was easily her best main roster match. But it was Shayna felt like the backdrop to the bigger feud, which is the return of Ronda Rousey. Mm. I, I felt like this is the one I think that I get it if people are really cross about. I think every everything else is just be just like, well, what you know. It, 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 it's it's a haunted mania there's not much you can do this one i don't really see any justification for it not necessarily for baszler losing but like how long did it go seven minutes uh eight minutes yeah yeah like, what this is like one like a lot of people thought this was going to be the main event that's how it was going to be yeah that's how marky it, it, it was built up so i don't get it like even if vince doesn't like Shayna, which is the only thing I can think of for her losing this quickly. Uh, and obviously, there's loads of backstage stuff about it. But even then, why would you tank one of your big advertised matches to have it? Go I mean, I don't think Becky Lynch came out of this looking great. Um, she, you know, she got her ass kicked and got a lucky win. Uh, 
Baszler looks like a bit of a chump for losing to the same move that uh, Kyrie Zane pulled on her in NXT. And one of Sh- one of Shayna's foundations of her gimmick is that she learns. Yeah. She learns. She learns from stuff. Like that's what her takeover. That's what makes her kind of, I think, the best takeover women's performer like they've ever had because she's been there for so long. You see the evolution. Like she learns from every opponent, and she like adapts her game. And there's yeah, I didn't get any sense of like she's mercurial. I didn't get like she yeah she she hit Becky a lot. She kicked her and and stuff. Mm. So like yeah, man, really really disappointed. Um, yeah, th- this is the, yeah, this is the one you really, really felt, and at this point, it really felt like oh no, oh, oh, oh the worst mania. Oh and dear, it, this really did feel to me the biggest sign that the Dave Meltzer's report that Vince does not like Shayna Baszler was a very correct report. That Paul Heyman is very high on her. Paul Heyman's a big advocate for her, but Vince doesn't get it, and Vince doesn't really like her. And yeah, I think that's why. He- he changed chamber thing but i think he just wanted to give her that so becky beat the big badass at mania so she can then face ronda at SummerSlam. uh the other thing as well from this is that after the match shana was acting like she got the shoulder up she was saying like no my shoulders were off the mat but in the replay it was very clear that both of her shoulders were down so laurie and i theorized i wonder if they were going to play off the fact that ronda's shoulders were up and at last year's wrestlemania so Becky has got essentially two false wins at WrestleMania over the horsewomen. But Baszler's shoulders were very clearly on the mats in the replay. I love I mean, if that if that was the plan and they just botched it the other way <laughs> by having it not botched. <laughs> Quite incredible. That would be amazing. Um, uh, right, so uh, then we had uh, a really, really fun match between Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn. It was all based around character work, which you know Gulak was taking out the heels, and Bryan was just absolutely beating Zayn from pillar to post. But it was all came down to the end, which was that as Bryan was on top, Gulak gave him the instruction of go to the corner and do your running knee because he's been coaching him. But he then got distracted by Gulak because Gulak got attacked by Cesaro and Nakamura. He then, Brian then took out Cesaro and Nakamura. But when he drove off the top rope into a halufa kick from Sami Zayn, so he could get almost like the fluke win, you know, Brian essentially beats himself. It was not the uh, Brian Danielson El Generico match that I think some people thought it might be. Yeah. But it was, it's their WWE characters doing a match at wrestlemania and for what it was i really enjoyed it yeah i i i I let myself get too excited i think (laughs) i i thought they were gonna because like they don't have time limits these are two of the best wrestlers in the world daniel bryan's got uh, quite a lot of backstage sway i really i let myself be tricked (laughs) that they were gonna give it like 15 minutes um and you know it it went long but that was just because a lot of kind of pre pre lockup shenanigans and again like zane is one of the best i think like mid-match storytellers i know mm-hmm. daniel bryan is amazing like everyone talks about kind of like his connection with the crowd but like even without a crowd he's really good at just timing just when to say stuff like uh i i think what what you compared this match to with the other matches on mania because gosh in a quiet mania you can really really hear all the wrestlers coming up with c- 
cool trash talk. That's mega awkward most of the time. How do you like this? Yeah, what a joke. <laughs> this is your guy, is it? T- yeah, take this. Oh, you like that, do you? Do you want some more? The live chat was basically just having it, like when we did the live stream last night, was just having a debate as to wh- who Sami Zayn now looks like. He's got his sort of big frizzy hair. Uh, and this, the, the two front runners were Prince Harry um, and Daniel Stern from Home Alone. I like that. I would also like to throw Fozzie Bear into the mix. <laughs> but yeah. Fozzie Bear, if they're doing the Muppets, do the Bay of Pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, anything's whacka, better with Muppets. Wacka, wacka. Um, <laughs> yeah. So these guys, I thought um, they they actually sounded like they took some time backstage and actually came up with not only spots but stuff to say so it actually felt like a little bit of a script rather than just making making stuff up on the hoof yeah. uh uh yeah I, I i really dug it i i i like i thought this was gonna oh this is gonna be match of the night like when this match really gets cooking uh they've done so much kind of stuff you know like oh they're gonna get drew gulak and everyone's gonna leave and then they're gonna f- sit in and just sit for 15 minutes and they didn't and it's like that's fine it, it it did at least tell a story in its uh in its lead up and its execution i just especially after becky and baszler underperformed to have two matches with a huge amount of upside potential um uh, underperforming in in kind of in ring terms uh yeah I, I think that was again another another bad sign it just yeah it just made me grumpy but i worked myself i worked myself <laughs> I gave I, I wanted it too much and I guess that's my fault. That's what WWE have got me <laughs> over the years. Yeah, they've it's my it it's my fault. It's the children that are wrong. Exactly. Remember when Paige told us that women's wrestling was bad in WWE because of the fans? You were the ones who made it bad. <laughs> You're right, we did. We're sorry, WWE. <laughs> I better okay. I'll, I'll I will resubscribe. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, we then this. had then had our triple threat ladder match for the tag team titles. It was John Morrison versus Kofi Kingston versus Jimmy Uso because the uh, correctly the reports came out that Miz showed up to the taping unwell, and mm. him being unwell and being sent home was you know the sort of the catalyst for Roman Reigns realizing that him being there was also putting himself at risk. Which you know, and so he made the very correct decision to go home and self-isolate away from this because he is in that higher risk category. And so I, you know, they made they did what they could and then just did the triple threat instead. And these three went out there and did the same match they would have done if there was a crowd. And it was in it was we, kind of weird to watch a ladder match where you would get like the big oh's and the ah's from the crowd, but they weren't there. So you, instead you just heard them in pain and agony mm. as they sort of like rolled around the floor. There was some crazy, crazy spots in all of this. And yeah, these three sort of went held for leather with all of it. I yeah, I, I first mania match is what I got in my notes. This is the first one. Like this is the one where yeah. it's just like, okay, we're at mania. Cool. That's right. Um, yeah. I yeah, I I'm super glad that like I I do think it was very dumb for Miz to turn up to the taping sick. Um, I'm glad he was sent home. Um, I'm glad that John Morrison wasn't punished uh, for that. I'm glad they didn't take the belts off them because I know WWE occasionally have a little bit of a weird disciplinarian thing where it's just like, well, you're going to take your punishment in the ring. Uh, <laughs> I I thought they were gonna 
take the straps off him and give him to Kofi uh, for that mm. reason. Just like uh, also a way of saying sorry, sorry, uh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, uh, sorry. Um, no, I, 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 I dug it. I, I thought it was really, really great. Uh, I, I don't really have any like you could just list off spots, but I don't really have any kind of analysis other than I liked, I liked the ladder bits. <laughs> really good. I, I thought the, um, the ending was fun. I like it when they do a creative, um, the, the fact that they can still find semi-creative ladder finishes. Yeah. In, so the fin- in the year of our law, 2020, good. So the job. finish of this was they pull down sort of the gold triangle that holds up the belts and uh jimmy and kofi are holding onto it but Miz, uh, but morrison is also trying to grab hold of it as well and they then pushed morrison off the ladder so he sort of fell onto this ladder bridge but in doing so morrison fell back and pulled the tag tiles off the golden triangle to win the match mm. and i thought it was a really really creative finish but laurie and i had worked ourselves into a tizzy that we thought we'd completely worked out the finish which was that Kofi and Jimmy Uso were going to pull down the tag titles and they were going to become tag champs as like the sort of like dream team of like the New Day and the Usos together. And then they would then face off against Big E and Jey Uso for the tag titles. And it'd be this weird sort of meshing of, of tags. Uh, so we, we worked ourselves into that would definitely be the finish. And it wasn't, but I actually prefer the one that they did. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was good, clean. Yeah, just defending defending the tag titles in a weird triple threat that they could have done like a crazy nitro style booking and and stuff and i i think it would have been interesting but i think this is this is definitely just a lot cleaner although the yeah. only the only thing i wish is that he just he kept hold of them in his hands so like yeah. um like when he fell off uh, and like impacted the ladder if he just kept a tight uh, Holden, that would have been a really cool shot. Like he falls back onto the ladder, he's out cold, but clutched in his wrist are a tag title each. Yeah. So he's just like there, like Christ, uh, <laughs> with the tag titles. I thought that would have been very, very nice. Um, I also, I also like your your booking though. That would have been <laughs> that would have been very fun. Maybe I also you, you can you can use that one if you want to if you're one of your next videos. <laughs> Appreciate that. I um, the the only thing I <laughs> cheeky bastard. <laughs> the, only, the only thing I, that was weird for me like watching it like yeah like it's weird to not get a kind of like an oh my god or a reaction or this is awesome when the guys are going out there and putting themselves in legitimate danger and doing amazing stunts like the walking across the top rope to the spanish fly was mm. so good and and stuff but the only thing that actually struck me as really weird watching it was they just kept calling him Uso. <laughs> and I know, that, I know that's his surname because they kept calling him Morrison and they kept calling Kofi yeah. Kings. I get that. Yeah. But it really sounds like they don't know which one it is. That's like, what we thought. told them. <laughs> it's like, it's an Uso. An Uso is doing the ring. <laughs> oh, Uso did that. Well done. Oh, King, uh, Kofi's really going after... Uso. Uso. Just say Uso. It's it's safer that way. Uso. That was the only thing that was weird. But no, I, I thought it was I thought it was great. Uh, absolutely kudos to the three guys for going out there and, and doing what they would have done. Yeah. I think my only and this is super hypercritical nitpicking, the only thing I didn't really like about this match is they did a spot where um Morrison pushed Jimmy off the ladder and he sort of crashed to the outside, and it would have been this big sort of creative spill. But they instead what they did is they it was a pre-tape. So they didn't film uh Jimmy crashing onto sort of like what I would assume is a crash pad. 
and then you know just removed the crash pad and filmed him being like oh no i fell on the floor instead you know in the same way they sort of did the the king corbin elias you know i killed mufasa moments mm. and it really took me out of the match because that was when I realized it was all pre-taped. Like it, them doing that made me go like, oh yeah, of course, this is a pre-taped match and they can edit around these sort of flubs and stuff. Yeah, I, I actually didn't, I didn't clock it. So I guess like, because they didn't really put too much focus on it. I mean, how much of it was pre-taped? Like in terms of like redo, I guess we don't know. because Oh, we don't know that yet. Yeah. But uh, I, I would have assumed they would have just kind of like pushed, just do the whole match chronologically because if like if we have to do pickups, it's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I and I just assumed that the camera didn't catch. I I thought he just fell to the outside and the camera just didn't catch it. Well, is, if there's one thing we know about WWE is they do not have a continuity editor, so uh, they certainly wouldn't have had continuity on set uh, for, for doing this. Imagine so... that being your job to be <laughs> continuity for a ladder match. Actually, that ladder match. Actually, I think that ladder was over there. Actually. <laughs> No, no, hang on. And I think, oh, it needs to be undented. Can we undent this? <laughs> it bounced oh, somewhere over there. Um, <laughs> uh, then we had, I really, really enjoyed this, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Uh, very, very shouty match again. Um, really good stuff. And it ended, they completely worked me here, ended with this super lame DQ finish. And I was already when I was going like, oh, lame. I'm really disappointed in that because I felt like this needed a big finish here. Mm. And it was. It was there to, by design because, uh, uh, sorry, Owens gets into the ring and challenges Rollins to a no DQ match. Rollins now super cocky because he's just hit him in the bell with a proper like N64 No Mercy sound effects <laughs> bell. It was like the perfect bell sound. And yeah, then they had a no DQ match. So they just beat each other up pillar to post with the finish scene, Kevin Owens climbing up on top of the WrestleMania logo and doing this big KO Mac elbow drop through mm. the announcer's table. I thought it was pretty wicked. I really, really liked all of this. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think they needed the overbooking of the match restart. Like, because yeah, everyone did, everyone did just immediately go to their phones being just like, oh, oh, all right. Okay, oh, okay. let's carry on then. Uh, delete, <laughs> I guess. Um, Save the drafts. Yeah, exactly. This, this will become useful some other day. <laughs> Can't believe WWE did this. I'm sure. Oh, actually, it's it's useful in the next match. <laughs> yeah. I, I I thought this was from an actual perspective, as opposed to the sort of the strange, ironic, maybe earnest, but I'm not sure level that we all enjoy the Taker match. This is like this is like actual WrestleMania match of the night. I yeah, I thought 100. I thought Rollins was, I think Rollins was the MVP here. Not yeah. necessarily for, because I thought, yeah, that dive was incredible. That's a real WrestleMania style stunt. Um, and it actually, it, it weirdly looked taller than I think, because like it was, because the place was completely empty. Um, I don't know what it was about it. Like everything had been so otherwise kind of like quiet. Uh, that that stunt suddenly felt a lot bigger even though yeah if he if it had been done from like actual kind of scaffolding it would probably been a lot higher but yeah i just i thought it was fantastic but yeah, even though uh ko did that i thought just uh rollins keeping the story of the match going like he was the one who kind of kept all the kind of conversational gears turning like mm -hmm. he was the one who kind of did and his taunting felt specific it didn't felt like kind of made up and and and, and crap uh it, it, it like yeah he'd felt like he'd really prepared gone out there with a story that he was going to tell through that match yeah uh and i thought it was fantastic um really 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 good overbooked i think but yeah the stuff we got was 
was great. And it's nice to see Kevin Owens get a a big win at WrestleMania. Absolutely, yeah. No, I agree with you. I did think it was match of the night. It was certainly better than our semi-main event with its less than 24-hour build because Michael Cole said so, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it was Braun Strowman versus Goldberg for the Blue Universal Champion. I've only got uh, three notes for this, which is Beardberg spamming finishes Braun wins. <laughs> <laughs> what did I put? Uh, I wrote Braun new champ after four slams. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole got thing. Less than I did. Yeah. Yeah. So this was this was finisher mania. Goldberg came out. He speared Braun three times. Braun kicked out, and then he speared him for a fourth time, and then went to hit him with a jackhammer, which Braun reversed into. Yeah, come on, mate. As and if. then, uh, <laughs> which Braun reversed into a power slam. He hit three more power slams and just pinned him. That was it. And yeah. it was the whole match. It went yeah. two minutes. It was no good. And after years of failing to capture their Universal Championship, after sort of years of not being able to win the big one for Braun Strowman, not being able to beat Brock Lesnar, this was just it. He's now the top champion on SmackDown, and it felt so flat and underwhelming. Braun's the top guy on SmackDown, and it doesn't feel like he should be at the moment. It was a bit pants yeah i think especially after the kind of the pr disaster that he had in the last kind of few weeks um where he saw a lot of people turning on him to mm. to hand him this victory like I, I it's this this is the start of this story uh it's very possible that braun Strowman might return to his wacky grappling hook and <laughs> you, you know because you know we we've been through this with braun we hated him once before. Um, he was very, very crap when he was wearing the the pants that made it look like he'd pissed himself uh, in the Wyatt family. And then he became great. And then he cooled right off. And now he's bad again. But, that, you know, it's possible they can make him great. I don't know. I, 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 I'm so annoyed at Goldberg that I'm so... I, I'm willing to hand-brawn this. Because, yeah, like the the whole Goldberg thing with The Fiend, I thought was very, very, very bad. Uh, inexcusably bad. Yeah. Uh, it made no sense. Didn't I don't think it would have shifted buy rates really at all. Um, uh, I think it really exposed a lot of the the kind of the card and i think it, it was really really damaging for a lot a lot of people not just not just bray but all the people who couldn't beat bray uh so all of that schadenfreude kind of spilled over into this match and i was just like because like a combination of one i predicted it so i liked it and two um i you know goldie got his which i liked but yeah, i can understand people hating it i just maybe let's see maybe maybe braun will be fine um it, it, just book him better but yeah better um i think for me it was less of the fact that i'm i'm down on braun at the moment so like i, I think his sort of pr disaster really has not helped him has not given, done him any favors i think there's also I was a bit sour about how wwe effectively pretended that this was roman reigns versus goldberg until the very last you know possible minute and then they just you know triple h did a pro you know did an interview saying that we're going to announce braun in a very unique way that unique way was a tweet and michael cole saying it on commentary like that yeah. was it was really flat to announce it that way and then for braun to just beat him in two minutes it just made a, a goldberg's title reign has just felt like completely pointless 
and it really hurt the fiend and it it's yeah so it, the whole thing i was just really sort of soured and down on i don't i don't 100 blame braun in all of that um i, don't, I blame wwe and yeah. their panic booking because goldberg spiked one rating so they put the title on him it's um it i mean it's exactly i'm not saying it reminds me it's exactly survivor series 99 uh they were advertising the rock triple h uh austin match up until the day even though they knew that stone cold needed neck surgery um he gets run over he gets replaced literally just randomly with the big show uh and the big show wins obviously because the replacement always wins but yeah yeah and i God, the Big Show's title reign was really good, wasn't it? I was about to say, and it led to a wonderful title reign that lasted, oh, I don't know, a cup of coffee, and then Triple H just beat him on telly. My daddy, my daddy. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, Luke. I don't know. Uh, it's yeah. Is there shine from beating Goldberg in this way? Is it too um... much of a weird, cynically manufactured moment to actually give Braun Strowman something to brag about? Because like he he manhandled Goldberg, like he completely yeah. destroyed him, and there is something in that. Like I I think it's better than Braun losing. Yeah. Because what's the point? Like Goldberg, don't give anything else to Goldberg. <laughs> uh, if Braun Strowman had been, you know, if they actually done some sort of weird invisible ropes stunt jackhammer where like a team of people were pulling Strowman's legs so that yeah. actually Goldberg can get him up, like that would have been much worse. Like I know everyone yeah. expected Goldberg to retain to save the Reigns match, but I. I think it, this way they've salvaged something from Braun. I, it, like I said, it's just the PR stuff has come at the really worst time. Everyone thinks Braun Strowman's a dick, but yeah. I mean that that stuff that stuff passes. Obviously, yeah, Seth, Rollins, Seth, Seth Rollins is doing some of the best work of his career, uh, yeah. and everyone really digs him as a heel. So it, this this will this too will pass, but it, it will pass. And I and I hope that what remains is a you know he squashed Goldberg essentially, which is mm. that's cool. Like, uh, I feel like in future, like, that could be a really good thing that they can use just right now. Like you say, doesn't make any sense because they replaced it at the last minute. It was, you know, it's just another weird side product of a broken mania. Exactly. It, it needs to be. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly see. But anyway, that was the show because it ended with the Undertaker-AJ match. Um, so... Braun and Taker were my only wrong predictions of the night. I had a pretty strong uh, WrestleMania predictions. Very good. Um, I did terribly. <laughs> I got four right. Oh, I did really badly. <laughs> but I'm feeling good about night two. I think. Yeah. I don't think I'll get any of those wrong. Hopefully. Well, I'll tell you what, though. I mean, I'm really looking forward to night two because I thoroughly enjoyed night one. I really, really enjoyed this WrestleMania. Uh, you know, and uh, it's, I kind of hope that it being across two nights becomes the standard because it being three hours was way better than it being seven. Yeah. And it, it felt so much. It was a breeze to watch aside from the Elias Corbin match and the, the Braun uh, Oldberg. I didn't really hate anything on this show. And so, yeah, I, I, I had a really, really fun time watching it. It's made me excited for, for night two because night two has got a lot more matches that I'm more excited about, like Otis, Dolph, Edge, Randy, uh, Cena, Fiend, Drew, Lesnar. Um, so I'm really, really stoked for for night two. Otis, Dolph, huh? 
right <clears throat> yes i right, like that one right out the goat okay <laughs> i i open think up it's... your heart adam open up your heart to him never never <laughs> not to the dancing men uh i i think it's a stretch to say that i liked it uh i think there's some there are moments of it i th i think like like most kind of like decent-ish quality manias you're going to go back and rewatch matches. You're not going to rewatch the whole show. I do think there were some needlessly bad things in it. Like mm -hmm. that, that stretch, like the hour of Corbin, um, Becky, um, and then the Zane, Zane and Brian going short. Like I can understand people being just like, that was rough. Like that's, that's bad. That's just, it's not even the circumstances. That's just, that's just bad booking. That's just bad. Mm. It's really underwhelming for what's been promised. So, like, I, but like the Boneyard match was so great. Uh, the ladder match was great. Uh, Owens Rollins was really good. The Kabuki Warriors was was fine. Like they gave it time, which you know more respect than I ever thought they'd give Asuka and Kyrie in defeat. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, there was some really good kind of like stuff in Zane Bryan. Uh, I don't hate. Braun being the champ, I I kind of hope it's ends up being something that's for the best. I don't know. I just I I can't I can't quite shrug uh, some disappointment, but maybe that's just the low level stress of all of this. The yeah. fact that the the fact that it was always a wrong WrestleMania. Like maybe I'm finding it difficult to kind of look on the bright side. I don't know. I but I I, I absolutely applaud. The, uh, you know especially the wrestlers uh and you know the production team for going out there and and putting on yeah a show that i don't think it's nice to have everyone be like oh cool about wrestlemania 36 i would much yeah. rather that than the other yeah. I, and i and like people walking away from the show being just like rad looking forward to night two that's as kind of as good i think as this mania could be so great yeah. The only thing that we uh, didn't touch up on was um, Mojo is the 24-7 champion. Um, uh, Gronk did an attack on uh, Truth and then uh, Mojo stole his pin. So yeah, Mojo is the champ uh, and I'm sure it will lead to some Gronk shenanigans. Gronk and a Gronk and a... No, I can't work that. Shenanigans. Gronk, Gronks. There you go. Uh, yeah. In for uh, night two. So cool. I No, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> Carry uh, on. Right. Let's get into uh, the rest of your super chats. John Williams says, Taker versus AJ was Roadhouse. It meets no country for old men. It was great. Wow, that's high praise. <laughs> Particularly Roadhouse. Great film. Mm. Uh, Tim Arndt says, next time I'm on a private browser, I'm going to play Metallica and see if it actually works. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Libro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Joe Libro says, what if Finn comes back and faces Undertaker and gets revenge for AJ Styles? That way we can get Demon versus Deadman. The uh, um, yeah, Demon game. Balor in uh, a Boneyard scenario sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Gatchatin says, Adam, uh, when will my dad come back with the milk? He's he's not coming back. <laughs> he uh, He's gone now. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> 
El Torigo, uh, Adam, you've mentioned that the Shield breaking up in 2014 was the right call. Meanwhile, Luke, you argue that it was too soon. If you could indulge me and debate it, that would be lovely. That feels like a whole episode unto itself. Mm. But I do think it was too soon. I thought they'd beaten everyone there was to beat. I, they were just about, they just turned babyface. They were about to go for a year babyface run. So you strike while the uh, strike while that momentum's hot. While everyone uh, is like, while everyone is chomping up. at the yeah. bit. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Like you know, while they biggest wins of their biggest wins of their careers back to back, absolute domination. Then suddenly they break up. It's just like, oh my god! Like it's the, it's the, it's the you know like the most dramatic it could have been, rather than it sort of petering out. <laughs> Peter out. What a nice fellow. Uh, I hate you, Luke. (laughs) (laughs) Anton H said, oh, Sting versus The Undertaker in a Boneyard match. It could finally happen. It could finally happen. (laughs) They found the magic formula. Now we can have all of these Undertaker dream matches. Uh, Matt Field, a four-star show for me. Worst parts was Corbin and Braun. Uh, Match of the night with a tag title match. Shame about Shayna. Loved the main event, but AJ should have gone over. I mean, yeah, maybe. Like, it's too much fun. I think to have, like as soon obviously as soon as it was main event, you're just like, oh, Taker's winning. Well, of course he is. Uh, you know, I, 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 I kind of rescind. Like, I, I felt like WWE did that much better than mm-hmm. sad old Taker having a match and tapping out. That probably wouldn't have felt very mania like. Uh, Would have helped AJ, but. KML says, please don't bury me. Was AJ asking Taker or Vince McMahon? Uh, I, I think I think that was the point. <laughs> uh, Daryl Spike. Enjoyed night one of Mania. Thank you for the awesome content. Stay safe, guys. You stay safe. Stay safe to you uh, too. David Lynn says, uh, cheers from Singapore. Uh, y'all have made the last few weeks of uh, Stay Home much more manageable. Hope to be able to catch up on some of Indie Mania later on. That's absolutely right, because we're going to be showing night two of Indie Mania about an hour's time from mm. this. In fact, it is in literally an hour's time. We're going to have night two of that. We're going to be up in the chats to uh, have fun with you all watching some great wrestling. There was, in night one, the Zack Sabre Jr. versus Shibata match from uh, Rev Pro in 2016 was un- unbelievable. Oh, and man. the the, the tag match of uh, David Starr and Jordan Devlin versus Loki and Walter. Oh, my God. Was, oh, it was incredible. Absolutely. I recommend everyone go out and check out Indominia. It was so much fun. Um, Pavi let Andy out of his cage. It says, if Braun won yesterday, can Tamina win today? No. <laughs> Probably not. No, no. Um, <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, God Urquhart says, uh, wow, Adam back. Met him at a WCPW show. Good to see you. Oh, good to see you too. Tonight, one uh, to one night manias. Say again, sorry, you cut out briefly. Uh, sorry, uh, Josh Dynamic says, never go back to one night manias. I, uh, yeah, God, so much easier to watch. And like, oh, I was I still being still awake for the main event of a WrestleMania. That's unusual for oh, a man in his thirties. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, oh, I had a, a horrific realization today when I was listening to an episode of Talking Simpsons, and uh, it's the episode uh, "Life in the Fast Lane" uh, from season one, where mm. Homer buys Marge the bowling ball, and he bought that bowling ball for her thirty-fourth birthday. Yeah. Wow. 
I am now the same age that Marge was in season one of The Simpsons when they were like the old parents and you're meant to like the cool kid Bart. Yeah, their marriage was on the rocks at that point. <laughs> um, oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, Brett J. Rasman, uh, I just have to say, Nose Robard is hands down the best and greatest content I've ever seen. I've gone and I've gotten the game for me and my mates to play. Kids, oh, uh, kids Kid Flips versus Tony the Milkman was the best feud. Oh, that's really good. Uh, it's nice to see Nathan D. Powerletter getting some money out of uh, out of the show. That's fantastic. Um, really glad you liked it and enjoy playing it with your with your mates. Jack Wilk says, um, since we now have to fill for the next years for Roman's coronation, could we get a decent brawn fiend feud? It could be some decent story in that. Yeah, like that's the thing is, I think there's, I think Braun's got massive. Uh, massive potential like we've we've seen him be great we've seen him like people were talking about him being the next hulk hogan you know like i i think most booking you can repair from mm-hmm. you know like let's see how buzzed we are about the fiend after the firefly funhouse match it's, it's possible that could erase the the horribleness of saudi arabia it's possible yeah, and, like and hell don't sell, yeah yeah uh miguel 8a says the main event was awful i couldn't get into it whatsoever really left a bad taste so yeah, yeah so i think it's been most as i said i think the pendulum has swung more into the positive side but there are those who really didn't get on with it uh pavi led and cage i hope the gronk doesn't cause the fiend to lose <laughs> god of all people oh that would be oh no that's real dark time oh stuff. no <laughs> well now that energy's out in the world uh, and finally, Gatchatine said, who is going to be live streaming night two? I want it to be Adam. Well, unfortunately, it won't be. It's going to be me, Laurie and Pete uh, doing the live streams tonight. Um, Adam's place is too small. And it is. <laughs> my, my, sleep. my place is just one room and my partner really wouldn't like it if I spent <laughs> the entire night shouting into a microphone about the Firefly Funhouse. She has such little patience for (laughs) for such things and rightfully so hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.